hired an assistant my second day and I was like, dude, where, where you been in my whole life, you know? If you spent like six hours selling and six hours recruiting, you're definitely gonna get some results, but then your selling would definitely suffer as a result of it, right? To make sure my daughter ain't gotta worry about nothing, I'm a dude. And I want more kids, so I hope this helps a new agent. Like, whatever your why is, think about that when you don't wanna wake up. Think about that when you don't wanna die. Think about that when you wanna hire a staff member. I know this sounds corny, but I believe everybody should be selling insurance because I'm at home all day with my kids. People should enjoy this. There's that saying, uh, the grit takes you out of the pit. Thanks for joining this week on the Lead Sales Podcast. I'm very happy to be joined in the studio this week. Co-host John Baccaron. How are we doing? Just had a birthday. Yeah. Feeling wiser? No. I woke up with a back pain and stuff. Man, 38's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you've gotten any, any? Uh, you look at life differently now that 38 than when you did 28? Yeah. I used to go on vacations on my birthdays. <laughs> and now two kids man time down yeah and then uh, you know my first kid her birthday's on the 25th right. mine's on the 17th lost my whole october birthdays no no one cares about your birthday anymore. yeah instead of spending the trips and going fa- on my vacation trips now i gotta go spend money on chuck e cheese <laughs> <laughs> horrible no more gambling money no more vacation money. yeah man <laughs> well there is but now you got to multiply by like four <laughs> Big difference. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Hope you hope you've had a good one. Looking forward to a big year. Yeah. Together. Shout out to Victor too and uh Micah. Happy birthdays. Victor Rodriguez, Micah Durkers, happy t- happy birthday to you guys as well. Um, but what we're gonna talk about today actually, it kind of ties in a little bit to the whole maturing part of it of of life. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna be talking about the importance of finding your niche. You know, some some say niche, some t- some say niche, both are acceptable in the American language. Niche is the French or European way of saying it. A little bit more pretentious. Nice. I say niche. What about Nietzsche? <laughs> totally different thing. <laughs> but the, the reason the reason why it's important to find find a niche is that's how you're going to actually get good at one particular skill and then figure out how to how to make the most money off of that. Yeah. And then from that point, then you branch off because there's a lot of people that talk about oh. There's there's different different niches I would like to get into, and there's there's this there's that, and then you start spreading yourself a little bit too thin, and you start watering down and diluting what you're actually good at. So, um, the one thing that made made me really think about this uh, was actually mine and Derek's recent you know experience. You know, we we've been focusing a lot on working on this one project to build out this this marketing thing, the CRM, and all this other stuff, and you know it's it's a one thing I've learned about the two of us is we're very good at research. Yeah. So we're good at, we're good at like figuring out whatever we want, whatever idea comes to mind, we'll look it up, we'll figure it out. And then it's like, you can, we can read up, read up on it, watch some videos. And we're like, Oh, now we, now we know how to do it. Mm. Now, the thing is the reason why a, uh, a niche is relevant in this type of situation is because that little project that we're working on, it's not going to make us any immediate money. Mm. It's good. Something that, you know, we think will bring value in the long term for the future for, all the other endeavors that we got, but short term is not making us money. So part of part of the uh, part of the challenges with that is the fact that every time like we come up with ideas, we're jotting down ideas and we throw them off of each other and be like, "Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that?" And this, and then because Derek is r- trying to run some appointments as well, like 
the, the sometimes there's a lag time in between. Right. So like you can't you can't be good at every single thing all all at one time. So the thing is, if you if you continue to focus on too many things, it's like chasing if what's the what's two that? rabbits. Yeah. If Confucius if, says. Yeah. Confucius says if you're chasing two rabbits, if you're a, what a hawk or something. Yeah, you chase two rabbits, you catch none. Yeah, you lose you lose both because you're you're being pulled in different directions and you can't really focus your attention into something that's productive. Mm. Derek, can you unmute? Are you still on? I am still here. Oh, there you go. Popped off the screen for a second, but yeah, um, yeah, we, you and not you and I've been working on this on this little project, and yeah, part part of it, like I was I was just thinking, oh, it's good, it's going to be tougher here because, you know, you said you got appointments, you got appointments, you got you got clients to call back, and then with with all of that, I'm like, this kind of slows down the process of us building this thing out. It does, yeah. yeah. So so uh. As as we were talking, like he he starts, we start making this list of all these different things to do, and, and like we're talking about the, the relative timeline on how long before we can get all this done. And you know, as much as we enjoy the process of learning all this stuff and researching and trying out different things, the thing is, I'm like, why don't we just pay someone to do this? <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just find somebody and pay him to do it? Because that do all the all the busy work, all all the research that it saves us. I mean, we're, we still we still will continue to learn. And continue to understand it, but the thing is, as far as all the, the busy work that we can, we can uh, subcontract out and and just pay someone to do rather than consuming that time. Because I worked in construction for 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 a little bit before college. Yeah, and then one thing I recognized I was doing, I, I had like no skills. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, you're in the framing, right? Yeah, I, yeah. So I did a lot of demo, did it. Did, okay. So then, like, basically, just tell us, hey, just just do this, and then like totally unskilled labor. Yeah, and then because the thing is, and I'm I'm like. Oh, this is kind of cool, but you know, I'm looking looking at the uh, the foreman and all these other other guys higher up in the food chain. I'm like, these guys make a lot more money, yeah, and they work less, yeah. And then I'm I'm like, but they still need to get us like the the, the lowest level of of labor to do this because they pay us. I mean, uh, back then I think it was like six seven bucks, right? <laughs> so it was like six seven bucks an hour, and then they were making I don't know 30, 40, 50, 30, 40 yeah. an hour. So then like. Even if they paid us to do that, that because they, they can freeze up their time to go do the high skilled jobs, mm-hmm. and then they can they can take on more projects, they can get things done faster rather than them doing the entire work themselves. Right. So you got to figure out what your what your particular niche is. So the thing is, um, Derek, can you have any, you have any thoughts on how this helps us as far as speeding up the project? I mean, yeah, it's obviously you know like for especially for us like making sales is going to be the first prayer. Already, um, you know, having something, um, you know, creating these insurance productivity tools that we're going to be, you know, releasing out is going to be, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be important. So it's it's nice that we're able to subcontract out, but it's you know it's just time management kind of thing. So um, as far as like any input on that, I mean, it's cool that we it's cool that we have outside help for sure. Like you know, yeah, I can learn how to create websites and code websites. Like it'll take a lot of time, but if there's somebody that knows how to do it for you know our time, it's like the same thing. I think it's almost like a dialer slash what we're creating itself like yeah we could sit through manually dial all these but is that like the best use of our time um which you know probably not especially for the cost that it's you know gonna ultimately um you know be distributed at so it'll be cool what we're doing is good yeah yeah and insurance productivity is always the, the biggest priority for, for anything now um also when i was thinking mm-hmm. about all the all the different niches in which like there's a that that goes into this, like you know, whether it's the funnel, whether it's the the marketing, whether it's the the, 
the content creation, all this other stuff. There's, there's a lot of different areas that you can get into. And like, for me, like I have, I have producer Bryce here. I have Yoel that does all the editing. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like sit behind here and figure out how to, how to set everything up. Sure. I could, but it's not worth my time. Like, it's not like I'd rather pay someone to do it because I need to focus on running an agency. I need to focus on you know, generating the content that we need for our team. So you, you also brought up, brought up this one uh, quote to me from, from someone that you knew. He said, the riches are in the niches, right? Do you remember that? I do. Yes. Yes. Do you, do you think that's an effective strategy? And, or, uh, or tell us the, tell us the origin of it or like, like what, what that, what that person meant. That person, well, I mean, just I mean, a lot of people know that, that saying, you know, like yeah. focusing on one thing and really mastering that, um, this person had, had decided to f- focus on all of the niches. And, um, that was kind of the issue there. And that's why I kind of brought it up to you was you can't focus on everything and then just expect, you know, it's just like having, you know, just being a jack of all, all traits, but a master of none of them. So, um, but I mean, as far as what you're saying, I'm not really sure how, how you want me to tie that in there. Oh, no, I, no, I just, I just thought it was kind of funny. Cause then like when, when you, when, when you brought it up, I was like, I was like, I don't think that's necessarily true. The rich, I mean, the, the riches are in the niches. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the thing is you don't, you don't always have to be stuck doing one thing for the rest of your career mm-hmm. or for the long term. But the thing is you need to master one particular aspect of your business that makes mm-hmm. you money and then continue to generate income through that way. And then you start branching out a little bit. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like, Oh, I've done this for, three days now I've been able to generate some decent results time to move on to the next big project. Cause like that, that one thing, that, that one first thing that you thought you mastered after three days, like you don't like, it's not going to sell. It's not going to sustain. Mm-hmm. It just, just won't. So, um, but as far as, as far as that particular person, that individual that we're, they're referring to him, is his business thriving? Is he, is business booming for him? You know, I would say no. Um, too many, you know, has too many hands and, and too many cookie jars. And, uh, you know, instead of just focusing on one thing, just decided to do all of it. Um, you know, there are people that could be successful down the road, but use of this, you know, you probably will be, but if you can master one thing and then have that be a great income source and then work on the next thing and then master that and then work on the next thing. But while you're, you know, after you master something, have something like, you know, insurance productivity tools, um, get the IPT going and, um, and take over some of that, you know, mundane tax. So you can free for time to learn something else would be the way to go for sure. Right. Speaking of IPT, what, what is IPT? Uh, IPT is actually, yeah, that, I mean, that's just insurance productivity tools. It's kind of like a blanket statement that we're going to be um, using for uh, this uh, lead management system, um, the elite CRM, but it's just a tool, you know, it's just one of the tools that we have coming out. Uh, there's gonna be most likely going to be more, um, but everything that we're doing is gonna be powered by IPT. So we got the we got the elite CRM that's that's coming out launching soon, but everything everything's gonna be powered by IPT because IPT's behind is the engine, the thought process behind everything that we got going here. <laughs> yeah, and a and a lot of our, our and a lot of our, our time has been spent um, you know, um, working on the IPT factor of that and uh, and testing out different things and seeing, you know, what's actually what's out there really and how we can use it and uh and you know make it our own. Well, we got to keep adding to to IPT and continue to you know build to that treasure chest of resources so we can continue to <laughs> build build out this this program so everyone can benefit from this. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of to a degree, use IPT in their own lives. You know, every time they see something else, you know, like what's working with one agent and try to figure out, you know, kind of reverse engineer, 
you know, what's working for them. I mean, that could be as simple as a phone call. It could be, you know, asking them, you know, diving deep into their systems, um, you know, kind of getting behind their, um, behind their, you know, firewall, so to say, and, uh, and see what's really, you know, really working on the back end that's making things work for them would be, you know, every agent could do that, but we're just uh, really taking it to the next level. So people don't have to. Awesome. Great. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I think, I think, uh, I think us finally, or be, be finally, cause it was my mistake this whole time. Like I was just, I was just thinking like, all right, when are we going to find time to do this? Like after calls, after live dials, but I just got this from like, I'm, I'm such an idiot. Why don't I just pay someone to do it? Especially in a different time zone. Right. So like you could, you could like what you were saying, like go on Fiverr, go on these groups, right? You could do it in the afternoon, but if they're available and that's their morning time, right. You can go to sleep, wake up, and whatever you were looking at is done by the time you wake up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. They save they save us the time of having to do all that extra research. So. Yeah, you can like really pack a lot into it. Yeah. Yep. Squeeze all the IPT into that. <laughs> all right. Well, appreciate you uh you you coming on and sharing a little bit. I mean, looking forward to all the cool things coming. Terrence, my man, are you on? Are you? Yeah, how you doing, brother? What's happening? All right. Appreciate you hopping on with us. So, um, speak, speaking of uh, the the niches, the, the thing is like the the goal is to try to figure out what you're really good at, and then focus all your energy and attention into that one thing because that's where. Or you 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 should figure out what you're really good at that pays you the most. And so, like, um, you hired you just recently hired an assistant, Terrence. You like what thing you really are good at is you're really good with people, and you're really good at you know maintaining activity you know, keeping a disciplined work schedule. And every morning you're just on live dials throughout the day, you're a machine. So you've been good at that. It's been generating you to type of income. So that now you're trying to figure out ways to kind of make it more efficient, right? Right, right, right. Uh, when I was, uh, when I first started with Andrew, uh, Andrew told, you know, if you don't have an assistant, you're losing money. And I, you know, I fought that that notion for a while. Hope you're enjoying the video so far. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, anything to help us help support the algorithm so we can continue to bring you more valuable content and continue to be part of your lives. Also, if you don't feel that it's providing you that much support since you're already at this point, like and subscribe anyway. Finally hired an assistant my second day and I was like, dude, where where you been in my whole life? You know, so (laughs) it it frees you up mentally. You know, now you all you got to do is worry about helping clients. You ain't got to worry about calling this person. It, it, you know, it just uh, makes it simple for you. And um, and when they really dive in and make it theirs, because I I mean, I just hired. I don't know if I you never know what you got. You know, we got to hire somebody else, fire them, whatever. But. The this task, the small task that she's doing by following up with clients is gonna make me more because of you know persistency, uh, making sure the clients get their policy, making sure they understand everything. I was missing that on telesales because face to face, you know, you get that it came to your house, but telesales, you gotta have an assistant almost uh just to you know maintain that high persistency. So what are some of the responsibilities you've passed on over from yourself over to your assistant? Okay, for any uh agent. Just to help brand new agents or anybody at that level that's selling, because you know they're selling 15, 20, you know, looking to scale out. Uh, the main thing I would suggest is the call to carriers. Uh, that you know the the, the emails that Americold get you for the initial payment and the second initial payment. Don't wait till it's a lapsed policy before you start following up. Follow up with them on initial draft, and that way you probably can save it. You know, have a book on the calendar and stuff like that. Um, she actually saved two policies today um, from wow. emails. Actually, mm-hmm. she emailed a person 
And the person, I ain't got time to email people. You know, I'm following up, but she emailed him. And I'm like, and I got appointment with him. He got a new bank account. I just could, he, he, he got a new phone number. So she saved somebody. So that right there is pretty much going to pay her salary for the next three months. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's just it's just a blessing, man. And then you you helping other folks. You know, it's a blessing for her to be a, have a part time income. And I'm not micromanaging and work with her family. It worked for everybody. I love helping folks. So that's the main part. Yeah, and one and one one thing that's that's clear about your business, Terrence, is that um on live dials throughout the day, you're just calling. You know, you recently talked about your over nineteen streak, but uh, but yeah, yesterday you was rocking it, just sale after sale after sale. So. You're you're already going to make your money anyway. But then the thing is, as hard as you as hard of a worker as you are, Terrence, the thing is, no matter how many hours you try to put into it, you can only grow your business that much because you can work that much harder, but it can only grow this much more if you're already at, you're already at you're near full capacity, right? So getting now get now getting an assistant for everyone out out there that's watching. I mean, this is how Terrence is going to be able to help expand his business exponentially because. Now that he has someone, aside from following up your clients, and she's already paid dividends. If she saved two policies, she's more than paid for whatever you're going to pay her, right? That's the slept on part about this business too. It's not just like, hey, what new sales can I make? It's like, what sales can I keep to number one, avoid chargebacks, but number two, get your residuals and your renewals. But um, what else do you have? What else do you plan on having your assistant do for you? Uh, I'm waiting on you guys. As soon as you had a uh, system set up, I'm gonna be first customer. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. Uh, uh, that's the first question. I watched this. Uh, the, you know, the plug of me, uh, Brad. What's it, Bradley? Bradley. Uh, yeah. Uh, he he said, you know, to scale up a business, you got to delegate or uh, automate. You know, the the delegate. You know. This two dollar task calling the carriers waiting on hold. You know, I'm I'm worth more money than that talking to carriers. So you delegate that to them and you automate. You know, more texting the clients and stuff like that. And just that alone should uh, double the you know double production. And what I plan on having her do is uh when they call back, you know, the clients follow up a text. I'm gonna have her respond to the texts and call them, put them on my schedule, so I can continue to dial out with phone burner or some type of automatic service. Uh, to add on to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that actually be perfect for for the elite CRM because you, you're actually able to have dual access to that to that account, and then it will be coming from your number. She can you she'll see it, you'll see it. Either one of you can respond. If she responds first, you'll see it first. You'll see it there too. So that, that's awesome. Perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah, you guys got it built in, so even better. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. But also, you said you were looking to build a team. You know, using 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 number one this tool, but also your assistant. Oh yes, yes. Uh, uh, I'm, I kind of slipped my mind out. Uh, yeah. Um, have her for sure call up on uh, uh, leads that actually filled out a uh, uh, lead to work with me, and she's going to be able to you know sign them up for the class, make sure they go through. Uh, once it gets to a, a certain level, I got to hire somebody for that because that's going to be a lot of stuff on for her. Because uh, I want a lot of staff members. I'm not going to be stingy with, you know, growing a business. More people on the same is going to grow. It's just going to make you more money. I'm more of a believer now. I, mean, I was being cheap at first. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not even always just being cheap. I mean, I think initially people are, people are cheap sometimes because they just think it's a cost. It's a cost. Or also like, what if I don't see the type of return that I'm expecting? And then like, I'm, I don't, I'd rather reallocate this money to my leads, which 
reality people don't do that they go and spend it on something else right it's a disneyland trip or something but but yeah i mean i think i think that's a very smart move like you can't have one staff that does everything for you i mean you could have one staff that knows how to do everything but the reality for them to be effective and to put them in the best position to win to help you win you got to be able to separate things out because once again they have to have their niche their niche in terms of what they're specializing in what they're going to be focusing on. Cause you know, I got, I got Joanne and like, if I were to be like, Hey, you're going to manage all this other stuff for me on top of just recruiting and on top of contracting, then the thing is it waters everything down. She's going to get less results. She can get less quality results. And that's not what I want. Right. She can perfect what she's doing right. with other people doing most other things. Right. And you know, you got, you got to kind of find people to, to, to feel those particular strengths. Like, you know, I found, I, I, I just talked to Derek cause this was something that's kind of, sprung out organically we were just talking about different ideas from like different things that we've seen and how how cool it'd be to implement that he took a marketing course and i'm like okay well i'm not gonna take a marketing course i got an agency to run i'm not gonna i don't have time for that i'm like since he already took it like why don't we figure out a way to partner and do this thing he he knows his niche i know i know my niche so let's figure that out so um so what what's what's next for this uh like how how, how big do you, can you see yourself see your business growing having one assistant and starting from there and then growing from there? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, and I, I've been pondering that uh, question a while, you know, be transparent with a lot of, you know, people. I've been doing this a while, man, and now I figured out how to sell. So I'm like, do I just focus on just selling or building? Now you're getting that, you know, that little, but it's selfish of me not to think of it. You know, does that make sense? Not to even offer it because I know what I was like in that position. And I wish somebody would told me about insurance prior so what what I plan on doing uh, is, is pretty much hiring more than one staff member. So if I have one, okay, make sure I got your question right, Al. You, you, yep. you talk, can you repeat that one more time, brother? Because I, you know, my brain be going everywhere. It's all good. I don't think it was a very clear question to begin. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're going on somewhere. It was good. No, I just, just want to know what you know where you see this going with you know with multiple staff oh, yeah. members. Like how got big you want okay. to grow your business? I, got, I remember now. All right, so yeah, Stephen Yee. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Stephen Yee on his 20K podcast was like, uh, if you know how to get to 100,000, get five people to 100,000. Don't fo focus on getting to a million. Uh, so I know how I know what I need to do. So I find five leaders, had them find eight, three, four people and get them to the VP. Does that make sense? So it's not one all on me. It's everybody carrying the load. Uh, at once, because I know how to get the VP, but I don't know how to get to a million dollars a month. But five people there, or seven or ten, whatever, whatever that equals, uh, will get to my goal uh, financially to break it down in pieces. So, right, it really that, helps me financially. That that's smart. That's a smart approach. I mean, John and I, we we've been talking about that because the thing is, yeah, we can get we can get someone to uh, getting someone to like sales sales managers not hard, right? right? Like they got to put in work and they got, they got, they got to stay committed to it, you know, but basically for, for the hit sales manager, you just got to find nine other people and you each have to help 10 families in a month. It can be senior sales manager, sales senior, manager senior, senior sales manager. Yeah. So that's all, that's all you really need to do to help, to help a hundred families in a month. You, you, you yourself find nine other people and each of you help 10 people within a month, 10 families within a month. Yeah. You're at senior sales manager. Right. So that's relatively easy. Now to tell someone to come in and be like, all right, I need you to get to a thousand families in a month. Yeah. Then that's a little bit of more, a little trickier. Cause then the thing is like, they have to either have a lot of business acumen, a lot of contacts, a lot of money to invest. But if, you know, we break it down, just be like, all right, well, instead of doing this, like, so you got to find what your particular niche 
happens to be. Like if if someone's really good at selling, then the thing is like Terrence is really good at selling. So instead of him focusing on spending his time recruiting, which I think he could be a good recruiter too, but then now he's there's no such thing as multitasking. You know, you got you got you got to make a decision. You got to portion out your 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 time throughout the day. But if Terrence is spending how many how many hours a day do you do you spend selling around the phone? Please. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. at uh when I hop off at seven, I still hop on at the house. So right. So if if you're spending 12 hours, you know, you know, dealing with clients and 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 selling that way, the the thing is like you if you spend like six hours selling and six hours recruiting, yeah, I mean you you could get you're definitely gonna get some results, but then your selling would definitely suffer as a result of it, right? So better exactly. off just maximizing maxing out what you're good at, which is selling. And then just pay someone to do the other part. Yeah, because out of those six hours of recruiting of yourself, if you would have just sold one or two, right, that could have multiplied by four times, five times out of the week, right, for that same price of that sale. Right, right. and uh, and I, I like to say, you know, having a big agency is kind of like a winning team, and you never see a winning team with a quarterback play receiver and DB and besides Travis Hunter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, most people don't, you know, they, they you you dominate your, you go in and you play your role. You dominate your role and you hire other people for that. If you want to ch- win a championship, you know, uh, and that's the goal is to hire a winning team, not just you, because that you you can't get that with you just yourself. It's impossible. Right. Yeah. And we talked about this a little bit when I, when I came out to you to, to hang out with you in Atlanta, but even though, even though you love helping people and you love selling, like your goal is not to sell for the rest of your life because you have to, right? Right, exactly. Uh, uh, disclaimer for the podcast: I plan on having a lot of kids. So, nice. <laughs> um, you know, me and Sean, I already discussed this. So, hey, th- th- to be honest with you, man, that's why I'm beyond. Like, I know I, I hustle, but I got, I want babies, man. I got a baby now. I want them to be good. Like, women are expensive. You know, I love it. <laughs> she got all my money, but hey, I, I stay up all night for my girl. You know, whatever I need to do. To make sure my daughter ain't got to worry about nothing, I'm going to do it. And I want more kids. So whatever you – I hope this helps a new age. Like, whatever your why is, think about that when you don't want to wake up. Think about that when you don't want to die. Think about that when you want to hire a staff member. Think about that, you know. Uh, I don't want to preach to you guys, but I hope that helps somebody. Like, that. that's what got me dry. That's what made me make that shift when I started thinking about without. That makes sense. So That's definitely – that's that's definitely helpful, helpful stuff. And – yeah, I mean, I guess you got built in, you got built in reason why you need to make a lot of money, and you also, and the thing is, you know, when you have all those kids, like, as good as you are at selling, you don't want to have to sell because that's the only only source of income you got. Like, you want to be able to free up your time to still have passive income coming in, income generating, even when you're not actively working yourself personally, because you want to be able to spend some time with your kids. You want to be able to go and, you know, be 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 a dad and just hang out with the kids. Right. And I, I, I understand, I know this sounds corny, but I believe everybody should be selling insurance because I'm at home all day with my kids. People should enjoy this. You know, my, my, uh, brothers, uh, my, uh, my brother got a business. My other brother, he worked just as many hours as I do, but you know, it's a blessing that I'm able to be here with my family. He got to go to the job. He work, he make good money now. You know, he killing it, but just to, to be able to be, I feel like everybody should at least know about it, you know? So just by that. You should be able to grow a business because uh, the blessing that God gave you should be able to lean it on somebody else. So, awesome. Well, great stuff, T. I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Obviously, we we figured out what your niche is, 
And then now you're able to outsource some of this other stuff to, to, to people and continue to grow from there. Thank you for having me on, brother. It's a pleasure. Thank you, John. So this, as far as far as Anisha, we got Helen Hilton Jones coming on coming on in a second. But you know, as far as far as the uh, the niches and the niches, I mean, I keep inter- I use them interchangeably. <laughs> niches. But um, so I, I was listening to a podcast with Alex Hormozzi. Uh-huh. Uh so the leads guy, the leads guy. So we, we, I've been reading that book, listening to listening to his eBooks and listening to his podcast. We're trying to figure out this marketing thing for our our own respective purposes. And then uh, one thing he was talking about was actually talking about the five phases of niche hopping. Okay. Right. So when people, when people find their niches, it's some, yeah, some people they they erroneously believe if they have a bunch of different niches, they're going to make more money than having one job that they focus on. Okay. But you know, that's not, that's not really true. And I've, I've, I've told you this and I told a couple of the people this but tip more often than not, and almost, almost always, I would say the, the guy or the gal that has one job, will normally make more money than the person that has two jobs. Right. And the person that has two two jobs will normally make more than the person that has three jobs. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, until you get to a certain point where your business is so big that you just have a lot of money you can invest and you're just like a consultant and you're an investor, and then then that changes the game. So that that's different. But you know, for the for the people that that say like, oh I, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna sell this on the side. I'm gonna drive Uber. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do DoorDash and I'm gonna do all this other stuff. I'm like yeah, you might be making a decent amount of money at times, but to to run yourself that ragged, to be jumping from like one thing to the next, to be to to be diverting your attention to all these different things, you're never going to get uh, good at one particular thing. Yeah, I think it's because there's that that notion of you know you want to have six sources of income, right? And that's the the way to get rich, right? right. But a lot of people don't understand that the six sources of income. They're talking about six sources of passive income, right? Not not sources of you doing Uber, Instacart, doing insurance, right. doing some construction, and when you when you do something in the weekend, all these little things are are um, labor jobs in right. a sense, right? Yeah, and I I think I think that's that's an often like a very that's a big misnomer because a lot of times people think like oh I need six streams of income coming in at all times, right? Where in, where in reality it's like no you kind of have like no streams of income except for that one particular thing you happen to be working because that if you're driving Uber. And then you're driving, and all of a sudden you you, you switch off and like I'm gonna drive DoorDash. You're not getting any more money from from Uber at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're you're basically working in a very unsmart way. Yeah, you're still trading your time for money, right? Whereas like if you built up one massive business and then this this is it's running on its own, it's still gonna continue to make money without you being there present all the time. Yeah, then you can start you can venture off and start building a second, or if you have enough money, you can just invest. Yeah, right. and then going back into that like. If you master your niche, right, you turn yourself from the the individual that's trading time for money from the laborer to like the business owner, and then now becoming the business owner to now to the investor. But to get there, you got to really master your craft because if not, you're just going to be stuck like back in the construction. You're just the framer. You're not the foreman. You're not the architect. You're not, you don't know anything. Right. You're just a demo guy. I'm subject to whatever they tell me to do. (laughs) Right. And then you know, we we uh, we invested into this uh, CBD company. John and I did. Yeah. So the so the thing is like, we wouldn't have money otherwise. But then we built it up from insurance. You know, we 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 built our business here. We made some sales. You know, we built a team, and then all that income from there. Then we were able to to reallocate some of that to, to build some income somewhere else. So this is this is the this is the goal for for what people what people tell you now. The the thing is like sometimes people people think like oh I just I just need to get a bunch of different opportunities. See these opportunities. It's kind of a, uh, it's a mirage, 
because reality is like when the five phases of niche hopping is the first thing is uninformed optimism. Okay, so there's five things. First one, uninformed optimism. So this is like, you, you see an opportunity, like let's say when you got into insurance, when anyone was looking to get into insurance, you're like, wait, that's the commission rate? Like, how much do we make money? I, I go, I go, I go and present to a family, present some options. I, I get some leads and I, I call them. And then if I sell them, then I, I, I get like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Sorry, you all. And then, uh, and then, and then, and you're like, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then you're just thinking like, okay, well, that's, that's the uh, uninformed optimism. Cause you just think I can just keep recreating. Now, if I made one sale and then I'm like, wow, that was, that was pretty easy. I made this much money in just one hour. Man, imagine if I did this 10 times a day. That's seven days a week for 365 days. I'd be like a gazillionaire. Right. Right. So then like, you know, the, the opportunity is there, but the thing is like, you don't factor in all the, all the, all the, the parts where you need to take time off. And if like, there's a chargeback or if, you know, or, if, you know, if you have to take a personal day or whatever, whatever it is, the flow work changes, the work, know, basically you didn't manage your money, right. Whatever it is. So the thing is that uninformed optimism is still present because you're not informed yet. You just started. Mm. Okay. And, so the the sec the second one is informed pessimism, right? You you know what informed pe pessimism is? So this one is when you you've been in the business, you learned a little bit, but you got kicked around. So now you kind of don't see it happening. Yeah. Or you know could could be something as simple as a client hung hung up on you. Right. You didn't get anyone on the phone that day, and then all of a sudden like this this it, you're informed now because you've been you did it for. A couple of days, or you did it for a week, or maybe you bought your first lead package. You didn't sell that first day. Yeah, that's it. And then, and you're like, oh man, now I know how this business kind of works, but you don't know thoroughly know how it works. But you you have an idea of how it works because you're you're starting to get a little bit more into it. Yeah. And that pessimism starts kicking in because you're like, is it always going to be this rough? Is it is it always not going to work out like this? Like, is it? Am I going down the right path? Right. So that that's the uh, that's the second phase. The third phase is the valley of despair. Right. <laughs> And we've all been through this part. I mean, for someone as doing as well as Terrence was just talking about having a bunch of kids and making all this money, you know, the thing is he's been through the Valley of Despair just a couple of days ago. He was, he was 0 for 19. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, the, here's, here's the difference. The Valley of Despair, it's deep. It can get, it can get really deep. <laughs> but as far as how, how wide it goes and how long what path you have to go on that journey, that's a lot, a lot of that has to do with you. Right. Right. So you can get out of there quicker or you can decide to stay in there and wallow in it. Mm. Right. But most people end up stopping here. So even though there's five phases, most people just go through three, right? So they they go through the uninformed optimism. They think this is great. Then they go through the informed pessimism. They they hit a couple road bumps and they're just thinking, this is too tough. Like, is it always like this? Maybe I may have not cut out for this. Then you get to the valley of despair and you're just like, I'm just going through it, man. I'm just going through a bunch of crap. And then, then most people just give up and decide, what's the next niche? <laughs> what, what else can I do instead of this? Maybe I can go to real estate. Yeah. Maybe maybe I can get into this. Maybe I can become a lead vendor. Maybe I can do this. Maybe I can do that. Maybe I can get on Medicare. Right. Maybe Medicare sales. You know, maybe I can go sell cars. Maybe I can yeah. go drive Uber. Maybe I can do whatever. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of those other things. I'm just saying, if if you get stuck in this at the the third phase, you never get beyond that. Then the thing is, you never actually gave yourself an opportunity to to develop how good you could actually be at that one thing. And that one opportunity could have been what's really was there for to save you and to bring your life to a whole different level, but then you gave up too early. Okay. So if you're kind of in that valley of despair, the thing is you got to fight through it. Um, there's no other way around it. Everyone does go through it. So if you think that it's unique to you and you know maybe maybe like no one else has experienced it, 
they have the successful people have been through that part already and then they continue to keep, keep going and they found a way out yeah they, there's that saying uh, the grit takes you out of the pit yeah. so you just got to keep going right and then so then the fourth the fourth phase is informed optimism okay, okay? so now you now you struggled your way through the valley of despair you know, you 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 fought your way out of it. You know, you you learned what you what you were doing wrong. You learned what you could be doing better. You talked to the right people, pulled yourself out of it. Now you now you have some informed optimism, because when it comes to informed optimism, all right, now you you already knew what you're getting yourself into. You knew what this can do for you. You've seen small chunks of results. You small saw, saw little little bits of a little cross section of what how things could be. Now your your idea is like, how do I continue to recreate this? You know, on ongoing and sustainable basis. Okay. Now, if you can, if you can do that, then the informed optimism. Now it's just like, okay, I'm optimistic about it because I'm informed about what I can do, and I know that I'm in control now, mm. right? And that leads to the fifth phase of uh, niche hopping, which is achievement, which is mean that you've, which whatever informed optimism that you had, whatever you learned, you're applying it over and over and over and over again until the point where it's like it becomes a sustainable thing, which, like. Like Terrence doesn't have to worry about whether or not he's going to make sales. It's just a matter of how quickly he's going to get there and how many he's going to make. Because the thing is, he has a system. He knows he knows how many leads he's going to get. He 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 knows what's going what what his budget is. You know, going towards the leads, and if he just needs to run through the numbers. So that's that's all you really need to do. So if you focus on those five five niche niches um, niche hopping and try to get past the third one, if you can do that, then you can actually see some some results for the long term, and then. Once you get to that point and then you get to the achievement level, just because you achieved it and you're like, okay, cool, like I'm I'm making money now. If you haven't done it for long enough and you you don't really understand the business that thoroughly, like don't just think like, oh, cool, I, I achieved this level. Time for me to go start doing something else. Because unless you unless you structure it properly and have people continue to run it to a certain degree, with or without you all there all the time, you still need to be there and you right. still need to continue putting that work. And you can be smart and just get an assistant. You you can hire other people to to help out with other aspects of your business. Like for me, I like to consider I'm pretty smart. I make some dumb moves. I make plenty of stupid decisions. Mm -hmm. But I, I was smart enough to recognize I'm not going to build out this this uh, CRM myself. Right. Like I'm I'm going to have Derek do that. I'm, I'm going to find someone else that's going to. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to get IPT behind me and have and have him figure this part out for me because I'm just going to give him some input, be like ideas. But overall, he's the one that's going to going to going to take care of this. So um, those, those are the five, five niches. And does that make sense? Yeah. So I can see like the agents that are still in the struggle doing the number two and number three, the uh, informed pessimism and the valley of despair, yep. right? Because that's two negatives out of the five. Yes. So you got to go from uninformed optimism to like getting hit in the face, like, oh, maybe this won't work out. Oh man, I'm struggling, struggling. And it just depends on how long you go through that part until you finally have that informed optimism. It's like, oh yeah, there's money in this. Right. Yeah. But you know, that's an interesting point. I didn't, didn't even think about that analogy. It's two negatives in the, in the middle. Right. So there's five phases. The, the first one's a positive thing. The next two, the, the, so it's uninformed optimism is positive. Then you got the you got the uh, uninformed pessimism, un uninformed pessimism. Then you got the value despair. And then you would think like, Oh, the, and I, the negative outweighs the good. But if you actually just fought through and you got to the next two, which is now it's in informed, informed optimism and then achievement, that's three to two. I mean, no mathematician, but I think that's a victory. Yeah. But you got to go through the first two negative side of three. Right. And then go in. 
Plus, I mean, on top of that, I mean, just if you just think about just before you move on to the next niche, before reaching that achievement level and being able to add on to your portfolio of your businesses or what you do within that respective business, you're really building up the mental fortitude and the uh, the mindset for you to be able to succeed. Yeah. You know, we know a lot of people that have a ton of ideas and, you know, being in this industry, especially with our old company, there was a huge turnover rate. Right. We saw a lot of people. We met a bunch of people, a lot of really cool people, a lot of really talented people, uh, a lot of people that, you know, I thought would have done well in this, but then something something went wrong and then they they never got past the valley of despair. Mm-hmm. Right. And then because as a result of that, I'm like, man, what a waste of talent. Right. Like I've I've thought I've thought that about a ton of people. And I'm just like, they could have they could have been really good at this, but they did it didn't work out. And you know, whatever, teach their own. But the, the thing is like you talk to them later, they're like, oh I'm doing this now. I'm like, oh good luck. Hope hope everything's going well. You talk to them like like in a year later, they're like, oh no, I'm doing this. You talk to them a year later, oh no, I'm doing this. And it creates a pattern. Because the thing is, like, you didn't fight through that one thing, that one good opportunity for yourself. And, you know, this opportunity is really whatever you decide to make of it. Because there's plenty of people here that run it very differently. And it really has to do with what you, how you conceptualize it and who you choose to surround yourself with. And how much you continue to continue to educate yourself and learn the business. But if you if you just focus on uh, struggling through this first thing, and, and then let's say you build up to a level of achievement here. And then you're like, okay, now I want to get to this venture or this venture. You feel that much more confident because you're like, I was able to get through this whole insurance thing. Yeah. Like I was able to hit achievements here rather than like, you know, tried, tried insurance and didn't quite work out. You know, it was, it was kind of, it was a, it, like the, uh, the lead sucked or it was a scam or whatever, whatever you, narrative you want to tell yourself for yourself, not, not struggling through it. And if you tell yourself that, then the next opportunity you go to, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. It's your test of your character in a sense, right? So if you, you get tested, you hit the valley of despair and you quit. Well, in any niche, just like the insurance niche, you do, you know, real estate, you do a different industry. It's going to have the same thing. Right. Like there's a lot of people in the real estate that don't make it, right? They're going to hit their, their valley of despair and then they try something else. Right. Right. So it's going to be a test of your character and you repeat your test of your character in, in different fields. Right. And it's going to be the same repeating pattern. So it's more of you getting past that. Once you get past that, you hit the achievement. You have that confidence that you can achieve anywhere, right? Because you know you know the deal, right? Yeah, and and, and here's the thing: it's like a lot of times people people tell themselves, oh, "I don't know if I want to just focus on this for the rest of my life." Because you know, if, if you told someone, "Hey, you're going to sell insurance for the rest of your life," like I don't know how sexy of a prospect that happens to be, right? I mean, I actually really love sales and I really, I really enjoy it, but then I always knew myself and I've, I, I started, I started by selling okay. and I, I figured that out, but I always, I always recognized like, this isn't what I'm best suited for. Okay. I feel like, you know, recruiting other people in, sharing this opportunity, training them on it and be able to multiply my efforts. That's something that I was always good at. Okay. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, so if I, if I can figure this out first and I can, I can learn how to sell, then everything else opens up. Right. So you're not going to be stuck wherever you're at. Like now that we got this uh, CRM thing going, like, you know, we're shooting, we're shooting content, you know, we're, we're, we're writing some copy, we're doing different things to generate some ads. And so the thing is, I actually really enjoy that part. Like, I don't like watching myself, but I mean, like it's, it's enjoyable to like, to do some of that creative stuff and like bounce ideas off of other people and like that part. So I've been able to open that stuff up for myself because of the fact that I started with sales and I didn't give up. Yeah. Right. So the, even even though I struggled at, at certain points when I was selling, the thing is like you know fought through and continued to stay within the industry, figured it out, then moved on to, to, to sales management, you know building a team, and then now 
whatever else is available. Oh, you're doing a little bit of marketing. Shoot, you might get into acting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but besides, you know, you got you got to figure out what your particular niche is and and, and focus on that one thing and actually put your attention into it because that's where you're going to get the most results. And I, I was I was driving in today and I I thought about it's it's probably a bad analogy, but when I was younger, when I was in my my mid mid to late twenties, okay. <laughs> I'd been in a couple of long-term relationships and I was, uh, you know, I, I was, I was kind of a little bit over that. And then I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I, it probably was because I was having some success at work and I was kind of feeling myself and I don't know, maybe I was extra charming during that time, but <laughs> I, I was, uh, there was a, there was a period in which I was dating like five girls at one time. Right? <laughs> I wasn't like lying to anyone, but they, I just started meeting people. And then like, you know, just because carrying on like, you know, little surface level, like, like dating. And I was just like, this is kind of a kind of a weird thing, and, and the, but see the thing I was like, I remember. Let me cut you off on that. I remember back at the office, Albert would say the next day, "Dude, I had three dinners in one night." <laughs> I'm like, "Bro, how did you even eat?" I was like struggling for the third meal. I'm like, uh. I had three dinners in one night. That's expensive. It was. I'm going out for drinks with everyone. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds horrible, but I mean, but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I remember, I remember I got to a point where I was like, I was like, I thought of a really funny joke or something funny happened. And I was like, copy and paste, sent it five times to five different girls. And, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> but, but you know, see, the thing is like, I look back now and I recognize how stupid that is, you know, because number one, it's not, it's not, I mean, maybe I needed a little bit of that in my life. Cause it was like, it was like, uh, get that out of my system. But, but more importantly, I was like, it's very unfulfilling. It's very unfulfilling. And it was kind of a waste of time because reality is like, I'm never going to find any one special person, one special girl that way, because I will never have any intimacy with any one of them. Cause I have five different people. You, you went quantity over quality. <laughs> I mean, not intentionally, but I mean, it was just one of those things just kind of happened. And then I was like, that's when I was like, all right, I need to just taper this thing down. <laughs> I need to just talk to one of them. And, you know, it ended up that, that I think two of them found out and they stopped talking to me anyway. <laughs> so you got to find your niche. You got to find your niche. And, uh, I know that's a very roundabout analogy, but I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> but Helen Hilton Jones, are you on with us? <laughs> let's let's move on. She's not like motherly looking now, shaking her head. <laughs> Don't judge me, Helen. You should have had a day of the week for each girl. So. <laughs> I, I was, I was, uh, it was uninformed optimism. I thought I could handle all, all of them at the same time. <laughs> I could keep eating. <laughs> Actually, that was, thank you for having me on um, yeah, today. But a lot of the things you guys talked about, it's like you was talking directly to me. Hmm. From Terrence on down to you talking about um, informed optimism, because I think that's where I fall at right now. Awesome. Four, a little bit of five, but I just was one that was trying this, trying that. And in the meantime, my main thing, my main focus, what people know me as the insurance queen was falling, you know, on the back burner because I had to get these other businesses up and going and running and I had to place myself there. But the minute I got an assistant, I don't even have to touch those businesses. She runs the fingerprinting business. So now I am focused on the insurance and you can tell by my numbers. Yep. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And 
my assistant take, I have two, I have a virtual one and I have one that comes into the office awesome. and they both work on insurance for me. And the other one does fingerprinting when people come in to get their prints done. But Terrence, I can agree with you where it takes so much of the load off you. And some of the things that was falling in a crack of me forgetting to call the carrier, you know, seeing that, hey, this person is still impending. Why they are pending? And it be little simple things that you need from the carrier. But with me having this assistant that calls pending businesses at top of her schedule every morning. She's calling, she's catching things before they even email it out to me. So whatever needs to be sent to the client to take care of, and I just started back writing a miracle, and it's some things that I just didn't know. Mm. And she told me today, because I had two miracles that went through, and she said, you need to call the, care, um, the client because they need to actually open up the application so that they can you know, send it through. I didn't know that. I thought once they signed it, that was it. But these are things that I'm finding out. And it's because of her calling. I had questions with debt claims I had to call and find out about. But I didn't call. She called. So if I didn't have her, I would have had to stop my income producing activities to take care of that. And a lot of these carriers, the whole times are ridiculous. Right. So it really helps out. And what has been helping me and getting me back to on my grind again, I'm trying to get to where Terrence and JP, where you guys are at. I'm I'm coming for you guys. <laughs> Look out, fellas. Uh-oh. I believe it. <laughs> but with, with me being focused, I have on my, my office board, my office at home. I have, I'm tracking my numbers back again who's pending, who's issue, what I need to do, my goal that I set, I have what I need to do monthly, what that looks like weekly, what that looks like daily. So I am constantly, you know, looking at the numbers saying, you know, what I have to do, what I have to do. Okay, I need to try to find these many people. But what we're looking at, um, another thing, um, Albert, I found myself working better this time around with reaching out to families. Like a lot of the apps I have been writing being families, like husband and wife, children, grandmother, grandkids. And I'm getting more policies like that. Like I had two Zoom calls today with families. I have a lot of things in the pipeline. I have a lot of things that issue this week. So I am very excited about being back in a mix of things. So awesome. if yeah. you can, if you can share a little bit about that for, you know, agents that just normally work the leads, how are you getting multiple sales in one household? Okay. So I, I have to confess and Albert already know, I don't really do leads. <laughs> I get all of my stuff from off of social media. Okay. I post on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and I'm not the one that's doing it. My VA does it. She creates everything. She sends me everything from Monday through Friday. She sends it to me on Fridays. I look at it and approve it. Everything is ready to go. So I have people that's looking at my stuff and they are constantly inboxing me. They're calling me. And what I did now is I attached the link and they put the information in and it goes directly to my CRM. 
So I'm constantly getting things in and that's, that's the only way that I get my clients in referrals. Well, are you, so are you running social media ads or are you just, nope. is your, they're just posting and these are all organic. Mm-hmm. That's just posting. So when somebody needs something, they'll say, I know who I can, you know, reach out to and give you the information because she's constantly posting. Mm. And that's what I do. You cannot just post here and post next week, one this week. You have to be consistent with it. And I have been consistent with my posting for, for months. And now I am reaping the benefit of it. This yeah. is your niche. Yeah, that's yes. your niche. Yeah, so you <laughs> yes. are creating your leads. And I'm not afraid of the camera anymore. You know, so hey. <laughs> I hop on, on TikTok and do something in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> I used to be scared to do it, but I don't care now. <laughs> awesome. It, it's a liberating feeling once you stop caring because you, you recognize it. Like who really does care? Yeah. Right. The people that won't care, they're not going to pay attention to it. They'll slide up, you know, or swip, swipe up. Right. The people that are interested, they're going to watch it longer. And then your your algorithm will continue to follow up with them. Yeah. So it's going to trickle in. But I was just asking if you had like a specific method, if you had one client that um, requested information on your social media, how do you turn that one individual to selling the husband, the wife, the kids? Did you have oh, a specific okay. method I on that? I your question. So what I'm doing is when I'm talking to them, I am asking them, do you have any grandkids or do you have anybody that you would be responsible for to take care of those final expense? Mm-hmm. Would you be the one to get the phone call if something happens? And if you're going to be the one to get the phone call, then you need to make sure that they have some insurance on them. And as long as you can get them on the phone and they give me the approval, and they sign those applications, then you're fine. You can be the one to pay for that. Because a lot of people, they didn't know that they can pay for somebody else's policy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I let them know, you can also be the owner of that policy and pay for it. But they have to make sure that they are the ones that sign in the application. So yeah. you're getting the clients that wanted and bought insurance from you to also buy more insurance from their family members instead of like booking an appointment with the daughter and selling the daughter and having the daughter pay. You're just saying, okay, mom, you buy it. Got yes. It. That's and you a great... can pay for it and you won't get in trouble for it as long as they're the one signing it. And then I just let them know, I'm going to send you a signature for you to sign because you're the owner and a pair. And they're also going to get um, an email or a text message to sign themselves because they are the insured. As yeah, that's a great you method. That, you're fine. Yeah, especially for our final expense clients yeah. that are have extra disposable income. Right. Her her question is, do you have anybody that you're responsible for in case they die? Financial responsibility for. And then I get a lot of people that say my mom, you know, or my dad. Well, you can you can pay for their policy. But let's get mom on the phone. You know, and I talk to them, get the information, go over things with them, and I'm I'm writing them. So what what is it that occurred to you? Because obviously for all the agents that are that are listening, we see this all the time. Whenever you just, you sell the lead, the, the person that that signed up for it, you just sell that person, but you don't include the spouse. You don't ask about the kids. You don't ask. You don't ask for referrals, or you don't. Or in Helen's case here, she just asked for asked if they want to. She wants they want to take out the policy for their relatives. Right. But what occurred to you that made you make this change to start asking this way? Because I saw how much money I was leaving on the table. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And to make sure I'm like, I am not taking care of that family if I'm not asking about everybody. Even though mom called me, you have other family members. So, uh, you know, I'm not doing my job to help the family if I'm not offering it to everybody from the grandchildren on down. Yeah. And I think that's a better better method to ask because I would ask for referrals, but then I would just go and say, Helen, who else do you know that needs life insurance? And then they either will say something or they won't. Right. But when you say it in a way where who else do you know that you're responsible to pay for a funeral? They die, you pay. Let's go take care of them. So it's a more very, very intent uh, questioning. And they have a lot of parents who, if their kids are older, they don't worry about it. If they have young adults in their 20s, even early 30s, that's not responsible. They're not thinking about if something happens, mom, you got to take care of that. If you have a son or a daughter that's in between jobs, you know, and they have job insurance, if they're in between jobs, you, you're taking a chance of something happening in between that and they don't have any coverage, then what? Do you have money sitting there to take care of something if it happens? So if you, I find that if I don't talk to them like that and don't give examples, I give a lot of examples. Um, I also use my son mm-hmm. um, for examples as well. And they really see it. You know, if I didn't have insurance on my adult son, then I would have been coming up with the money to take care of it. And I, I let them see that because some some 20 year olds, um, even early 30s, they think about it. Right. So now you have to talk to the parents. Yeah. What are you going to do if something happens? You have money in the bank to take care of it. Even if you're going to cremate them, that's like four or five thousand. Can you afford that? Very interesting way of looking at things. And yeah, that's actually, that's actually, if you, if you start looking at it from that angle, it does make a lot of sense. Cause think about how many referrals we've asked for in the past. And then we're like, Hey, what about your kids? Did they need insurance? They're like, well, they're not working right now. They can't afford it. But like if we took Helen's approach, we'd be like, well, can you, yeah. <laughs> can you afford their policy then? Cause you're, because if they can't afford it, then they can't afford anything else. And you're going to be responsible for anything financially. So what's their names. And it's not just that it's such a great deal when you quote, the older individual and then you start quoting okay. their young kids like if you bought this for them now from compared to the time that they're going to buy it when they're your age you'll save them a lot of trouble and it's going to stay at this price right. so i noticed when you do post, all of that <laughs> yeah so all that makes post, i see like three four sales at right. a time yeah even though they're small they add up yeah i had a parent yesterday um she her son was right there and she was like i'm putting this in my bank account, but you're going to give me the money every month. I'm not right. going to take the chance of you, you know, this payment not going through because you're not keeping the money in the bank. So what you're going to do is you're going to give me your money. And they have a lot of parents. And I just give examples. I talk to people and I'm like, okay, well, my last parent did it like this, you know, so. <laughs> Smart. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm real happy to see you back, back and re-engaged. I mean, um, now that you found your niche as far as, you know, posting on social media, I can't wait, can't wait till uh have some conversations with you, me and Derek, once we get everything up and running, see how we can use your content to run more ads for yourself and really weaponize this thing and take it to a whole other level. Now that we found that niche, how do we, how we dig deeper with it? Yeah. Especially coming from you, uh, your clientele, whoever you attract it just expands. So if uh, anybody wants to, 
to see your content, how do we, how do we uh, see uh, Helen's content? Um, Helen, the insurance queen. It's on, is that on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram? Helen, the insurance Straight queen. to the point. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> Oh, she said. Right she said what she said. <laughs> hey, can I can I let you in one secret before I, before I let you go? Yes. You know when when I was talking about the five five different phases of, of the niches of the of the niche hopping, I actually did think about you when you said you were when you were, were talking about it. I was, you felt like I was directly talking to you. I actually you was thinking about. I actually was talking thinking about you because we've known each other for a while now, and you know you you went through some stuff, and then you know there, clearly you've had the optimism in the beginning. You you were doing great. And then you, and then you had the, uh, you had some of the informed pessimism because you know some of the lead, leads didn't quite work out. Then you went through the valley of despair for a little bit, and I saw you coming through on the other end. And this is the reason why I reached out to you this morning because I was just like, I was like, this would be a great opportunity for you to, to to share about that because I see you coming out the other side now. You're 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 definitely with the informed optimism, and the achievement is starting to starting to build. But we're you know we're looking to take that achievement to the next level so you can build your next real niche. For yourself. Thank you. And I was like, what are you thinking about? Because before I bought someone in, I had to go to that office because mm-hmm. it was nobody else. You can't fingerprint and do live scans if you're not physically there. And I'm like, well, that's just a job. <laughs> work a job. So now the office runs whether I'm here or not, you know, so it pays yep. to get things done and you can't be cheap. And that's what I was doing at first. But I had to be there. I don't have to come here if I don't want to now. Right. Well, love it. Well, ha- ha- real happy for your success. Real happy to, 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 to get you going full time again so we can continue to work and continue to build together. I'm looking forward to big things from you, Helen. Right. Thank you. All right. So appreciate, you know, Derek Brower and IPT, uh, Terrence Smith, Helen Hilton Jones, John Backron. Appreciate all you guys for for your, your contributions. And let's go fig- remember, figure out what your niche is, you know, Make the most money that you can out of that. You know, get it, get it up and running before you start venturing off to other things. Like, don't spread yourself thin. Don't go niche hopping. You know, remember the five phases and just dig into one thing and make the most of it. And then from that point, after you've had that achievement, then you can start branching out a little bit from there. But you know, it all takes time. It all takes experience. You know, you're in the valley of despair. Just keep fighting through. I promise you, it's great on the other side. So hope that helps. See you guys next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Thank you guys once again for supporting. If you guys want to see more of that, please make sure you like, subscribe, uh, click on this link here to subscribe. Click on this link for the next video.